He's the bear. Yeah. <laughs> Every week. <laughs> We're joined by Dan Allen from Ducking Punches today. Say hey, Dan. Hey, what's up? Hey, Dan. And uh, for anyone who doesn't know, who are you? Uh, I am Dan from Ducking Punches. <laughs> <laughs> We're, uh, awesome. we're a punk rock band from Norwich. Awesome. Also one of the sickest tattoo artists in the scene. I will say that as well, because you won't yeah. say it about yourself, but it's true. Uh, it is, dude. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Stay bold, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. I've not been doing it that long, you know. Like, a couple of uh Coming up to two years. But I was like, I was a freelance illustrator for 10 years before that. Yeah. Yeah, I've been pretty lucky with it. So, um, when did Duck and Punches start? Um, and obviously, it's very focused around you. Like, did you start off just you? Yeah, so it was, it started 2010. Um, I released the first album. So last year should have been our 10-year anniversary. We had this big thing planned. Um, like a bit, we were going to do this big festival. Obviously, yeah. it happened. So we're going to have to do, I don't know, like 11 or 12 years celebration, which doesn't sound as dope. But yeah. We'll work, we'll work around it. But you, yeah, could do like, you could do like 10.5 yeah. or something like that, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be good, good fun. And I, um, what's what's like your inspiration then? What what do you think um, fans of would would like your music? Um, so um, I guess like it's I'm a big fan of, um, I mean the Cure are my favorite band ever, but we don't sound anything like the Cure. But yeah, it's more, <laughs> it's more um, these days. It sounds a bit more like if the national, if we were covering the national in a punk rock style, I guess. So it has those sensibilities and, and that sort of um, those sort of beautiful sort of bigger uh, soundscapes of songs, but uh -huh. also lyrically it's very honest and and very um, to the point, which is something yeah. uh, that's like it's quite draining to write like that, but it's also really freeing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not I mean, um, I, I definitely love like your lyrics and. Um, yeah, like they make you smile. They're smart, um, like a little bit like obviously without comparing you to Peeps, but a little bit um, Frank Turner um, reminds me a little bit King Blues, um, like personally, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or that sort of thing. If the songs mean something, but like yeah. it, it's come across in an accessible way. Yeah, yeah, I see that. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, so it's sort of it's cathartic in that way, um, obviously, um, but and then and then like that's how I've all that's how I've always written. I've always just been quite honest with with my writing, um, and I've just seen it as an outlet and as a almost like a safe spot for writing. You know, some of your darkest thoughts and some of your some of your happiest, some of your funniest as well. Yeah, I think there's not there's not a lot of, of judgment in lyric writing, which I think is really cool. As long as you're not an arsehole, you know. 
<laughs> but um, I think it's a it's a great format for for really bearing your soul, which is what I love love about it. Yeah, man. Yeah. What would you say um, is your favorite lyric line that you've written then, as an example? Oh, um, I'm trying to think. I just got off a, a video call with my dad, and my dad was like, oh, I really like this lyric. And it was a one that was like, they say hell is other people. I don't believe in hell. I believe in people. Oh, okay, so yeah. A twist on that. Um, but some of my favourite lyrics are... Uh, what is it? There's some on the new record which I really like, but they're a bit more sort of convoluted and, and it's sort of contextual, I guess. So it's hard to pick. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Do you go for the hard hitting ones that have a message or do you go for the funny ones that like you look yeah. forward to saying? Or do you tell a story through the whole song? It's sort of. Mm -hmm. I totally get that. I totally get that. So, like, um, if, we, uh, if we give a listeners like uh, a sort of flavour. Uh, yeah. of what you sound like um do you have them loaded in in a certain order perhaps or is it is it good to just what you sent us would you like to play the listeners first and talk about my dudes um i don't mind um i'm not quite sure what i sent so whatever he's <laughs> <laughs> <is> random mate <laughs> cool go to smoking spot Let's do it And we drove so far 
And the cliff looked inviting And as the sea crashed Said you believed in me, you kissed my cheek and said you believed in me. It's coming back. Back. And we're barrel. Yo! Smoking punches. There you go. Hope you all enjoyed that. The video was nice. So uh, for the people that couldn't Yeah, the video is great. Didn't watch it and just listen to the video. So that was uh, that was shot by Charlie Wallace, who's um he plays in I Said Goodbye, which okay. is he our drummer. He also plays in that band. Nice. Um, and Charlie is dope. He's done a few of our videos. He's really good. Nice. Yeah, yeah. We got some. Yeah. We got some nice features around here. Yeah, we're pretty lucky with that. Mhm. I think we had uh, we went to this firework shop. We had we found this Stay Puff firework <laughs> thing. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, Ghostbusters. <laughs> like, so we got that. We use that, and then um, I remember before we posted the video up, we posted like a little, <laughs> a little still of it. Like, <laughs> oh God, we went to see Paul and Beach shoot this video. And I think there's a ghost in the bushes. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was a staple. So, but, um... oh God, there's loads of ghost stories about that. Place. <laughs> The ghost of the Stay Puff Rocket. Mm. <laughs> <clears throat> so, what's the song about? <clears throat> it's about um, when I was a younger. Obviously, we just used. I used to smoke a lot more when I was younger. I don't do it so much these days, but uh, we used to always have this, you know, smoking spot. I guess you know, it's it's sort of the title leads to. <laughs> But it's it's more about uh, the nostalgia of having that place with your friends that you used to always go, and the conversations you had, the things you talked through, um, the emotions, the heartbreak, the uh, anger, all those things that used to happen in this one space that everyone had as a teenager. I'm pretty sure in the UK, anyway, everyone always had this little spot, didn't they, where they used to go with their mates. Um, and it's sort of reminiscing on that and it's and it's celebrating that and it's celebrating that friendship and it's celebrating how kind of important that was to, to have in your life. I don't Even know about you boys, but I'm still living it now. I'm still doing yeah, that right yeah. now. Yeah. I'm, sat, I'm, sat, I'm sat in my smoking spot right now as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course, there was always like the, the place where you'd always go and meet up. Like I remember as well, like, do you remember, like, not even texting mates, just turning up and they were there? Yeah. Like, any time. You just, you just walk into, you just, I used to live in Deerham, you just walk to the wreck, and, yeah. and people would just be there. Yeah. And it's like, 
It was kind of like having a local, but it was just a park. <laughs> or... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was just, yeah, it was just a park, or it was just like down to like uh, some people have a tree. Yeah, like, you it's know, all, all... land somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what what was yours, Paps? Do you remember? Oh man, because I've moved around so much, there was always little other spots. Obviously, I've lived in a few places, but yeah, like there was one where there was a river, like a tire swing over the river. Oh, the good one. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds like that sounds like Swanton Molly Falls that we used to go to sometimes. Um, yeah, you like get a little fire going with the stream and the rope swing. Yeah, nice. Yeah, sounds nice good. Yeah. So, uh, so what was your smoking spot? Well, that one was written about because I'm from Peterborough originally. So oh, a, is it? I didn't know that. Place, uh, place out there that we used to go to all the time, and it was it was genuinely a willow tree next to the river. Um, and we used to like congregate there because if it rains, you get a little bit less wet under the willow tree. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's great. You used to get there all the time. That sounds idyllic. <laughs> that sounds very good. We were always very conscientious and always picked up our rubbish. Yes. We used to yes. like, always pick up other people's shit as well. Because yeah. I, I was brought into the punk scene, I was quite young, and there was like a lot of older punks who sort of taught me about veganism and the environment, and they really were like big fans of propaganda. So they... Oh, sort of... fucking shout out propaganda. <laughs> They were like, you know, you've got to take care of your space. You've got to take care of... Yeah. The Super Bowl Patriots themselves. Yeah. 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 Yeah, dude. <laughs> fucking love that band. We can riff old hardcore all day, but perhaps we'll be lost. Yeah. <laughs> That's... Yeah, I definitely would be lost, dude. <laughs> Off on a tangent, right? So I'm, re- I'm re-watching Sons of Anarchy because Lib got Disney+. Plus, yeah. And that star-, that star thing got added, so Sons of Anarchy is not on there, right? And uh, Henry Rollins is in the second season. Right. Yeah, he plays a fucking Nazi. So I, I'm sat there and I go, oh, that's fucking Henry, Wall- Henry Rollins' lip. And she's like, oh, the guy from Black Flag. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and then we're watching it. And I'm like, he's a fucking white supremacist and a Nazi. <laughs> How has this happened? This <laughs> is not my Henry. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is not the same Henry I knew. <laughs> he was so, I saw him at, um, at the UEA do a, like not really stand up but spoken word thing and he was shown as a he just got into photography um but you could tell that he's got older now because he just kept calling it the youtubes look <laughs> <laughs> it up on 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 the facebook oh, yeah. <laughs> put it on the line <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah man um what what i mean I know I said we wouldn't go into it, but I, I love it so much. What what other old school hardcore bands can you shout out right now? For um, Nostalgia Fest. For Nostalgia Fest. There's a really old hardcore band called I Defy that I used to love. Okay, I've, I've not huge, heard of them. Definitely check those out. Um, obviously, the more, like, the bigger ones, like... I kind of got into hardcore kind of late. So I got into Fugazi before I got into Monofret and stuff like that. Yeah. So I, I went a bit backwards with it. It's like backwards, yeah. You find out the newer ones and then go yeah. back, find the roots. Yeah, I, I get you with that. Like, like, I'm all about bad brains. I love McLusky. I love McLusky. I love McLusky so McLusky, much. McLusky all day long. Like, yeah. there's never a tired tune for lightsaber cocksucking blues is I the am. one. <laughs> yeah. And, like, Future of the Left as well. They're other bands. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, <laughs> like, so many good ones. Yeah, I, it's... um. 
I, I, do you think it's a dying scene at this point? Well, hardcore. Yeah, or do you think it's popping? No, or... I think it's huge. I think with bands like Petrol Girls and the feminist hardcore scene is is fucking huge. I think. It's yeah, gonna... have you heard of? Um... And point, I think it's gonna. Um, it, it really needs to stay as vibrant as it is. Yeah, yeah. Have you heard of Torso before? I don't know Torso. Torso, oh, dude, amazing. Girl with pigtails, straight edge tattoos everywhere, and she's going absolutely batshit. Mm. Absolutely batshit. Tiny girl, right? Honestly, their live presence is amazing. Uh, that sounds, yeah, that sounds good. So good. So good, yeah. they got all the morals and, yeah, all, all, all the loveliness. Yeah. You, you, I, they'll, be, they'll definitely be up the street, I know. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So what, what are things looking like for you in um, 2021? Have you sorted anything yet? We haven't sorted anything yet. Uh, I'm waiting until there is a proper green light. Because yeah, I, I knew stuff was getting booked before, and then that was held back, and I don't... I think it fucks venues around, I think it fucks promoters around, so I'm sort of holding off until we actually know that we can do it. And then we're coming back with the vendors, like we're writing new records, um... We've got this anniversary show that we still need to do. So we're going to make it... It's going to be big when we... Yeah, nice to use in the time so, wisely. Has it been... Yeah, I'm trying, I want it to be, you know, a proper comeback. Yeah, has it been difficult for you guys, like, writing and stuff recently, or...? I've enjoyed it, you know, like, because um, it's opened up a whole new world of writing music for me. So I used to write, like, oh, you know, how would the crowd react to this, or, you know, how would this feel in a live setting... However, when you're doing it at home, you're like, it's a bit more experimental and you can be a bit more like, what would people want to like just listen to at home or, you know, while they're chilling? And it, it offers you a lot more, uh, a lot more scope than just sort of writing for punk shows, which yeah. uh, has been really, really interesting. Nice. Yeah, dude. Do you think the apprehensiveness to, to book is because you're also a tattoo artist? So, like, it's felt like, obviously, because you guys <clears throat> and the beauty industry were, like, always the first to be locked down out of everything. Yeah. So you, it's probably felt like you've been back and forth and fucked around a lot, obviously, being self-employed stuff as well. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty tough. Like, both, both me and Nelson Tassi. Yeah. Um, um so, yeah, I mean, I just, I was always wary from the start, as soon as it happened, people trying to book us for gigs and festivals, and I had always sort of steadfastly said, I'm not booking anything until there's a vaccine. Yeah. And now, you know, and that seems to have been the way that it should happen, because how are you going to get close to someone who's, you know, who's got coronavirus? You can't do that. So it doesn't you, make sense. Yeah. And I don't want to play a shit... I've played so many shit shows in my life. I don't want to play a show to people sat down on a fucking <laughs> picnic. <laughs> like, you know? Yeah, and like, and like really far apart or... <laughs> yeah. I've done my time doing that. I don't want to do it voluntarily. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so um, I've seen... Obviously, you've played to some like big crowds and, and you've, you've toured, but like, what would you say your favourite band experience is on the road? Um, sometimes it's the, uh, hilarious places you just get stuck. <laughs> that I think of the, obviously trying and testing, 
but like the problem solving and the camaraderie, the camaraderie that comes out of it is, is amazing. <laughs> one, one that I really remember was we we um, were in Slovenia. Yeah, Slovenia. And we take this house and we drove there in the dark and they're like, oh, it's in here. And they're like, we used to have a pond, but all the cats kept drowning. <laughs> 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 no offer of an explanation of uh, how many cats or why <laughs> <laughs> it's quite an ominous so sentence we... that is like all the yeah. cats <laughs> all the cats <laughs> before we even got in the door uh, so then we go in and we're like it just sort of like drop us off I'm like cool we'll pick you up in the morning okay thanks thanks so much for letting us stay it's great to be like oh let's have a look around had a look around. Um, there was a kid's drawings everywhere. There's one upstairs. There was a kid's crayon drawing of the house, but the house was on fire, and there was like a graveyard out the front. Dude, this is straight out of a fucking <laughs> shred. Like, really? Honestly, what was it shredder fucking original or some shit? You know what I mean? But in the top window, there was like a cloaked figure. On oh, shirt. what the fuck, dude! Oh, fuck all of that. <laughs> fuck all of this. <laughs> And then, um, and then we were just downstairs drinking this homemade palinka that they gave us to try and <laughs> drink away the Definitely not for a hip ball. And then, yeah, and this door just slams upstairs. We go upstairs, no windows are open. This door just slammed for no reason. Um, so this house sounded uh, sketchy and haunted. Were, as fuck. Yeah, I think I think the cats getting possessed and then and then killing themselves. You know, you feel. Slamming <laughs> doors, <laughs> and then we, we we woke up in the morning, the most beautiful view of the scene. Like so peaceful, so lovely, but we were none of us had slept. We were fucking naked. <laughs> it was so scared, and like we don't believe in ghosts, but it really like tricks your mind. Yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. dude. And also far from home, in the dark, don't know yeah. no one apart from your boys, obviously, or you, yeah. you know the crew. But yeah, that, that, that sounds wild, <laughs> not going to lie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't think I'd be able to so stay that, there. Stuff like that bring, brings you like nice and close together, which is, uh, which is nice. Well, you're going to have that story and that bond for life, isn't it? Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. With, with, with them people, you know, so that, that's something that can never be took away. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, so next song. What should we do? Should we do another song? Yeah, what's next? Uh, how about Your Little Death? Yeah, Sweet. cool. Yeah, I'm on the new one. Yeah, let's do let's that. Let's go. Right, we're going to jump nice. in. See you, see you in a second, guys.
There we go. Hope you enjoyed that. Back, back, back. So that's one of the new tunes. It is, yeah. So um, is that like a single for an upcoming release, or is it just like a like just something you've put out because it's been obviously quiet or what? Well, we just we recorded them well before lockdown, like these two tunes, and then with our friend Sam um, from he's playing a band called Bad Ideas. Um, oh, dude, are they still going? Nah, not anymore, but he's recording and he's making these amazing records. Yeah. Sam Cook, Sam Cook, uh, he's killer. Yeah, um, not the original Sam Cook. He's a he's a new Sam Cook. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he's he's amazing, man. And he's like, oh, I can record these tunes. So we've been sat on him for ages, and then we we're like, let's just get him out there because it's not like we can do anything at the moment. So nice. Pump out some yeah, yeah, did two tracks with him, and they were, it was a joy. Nice. And what, what's this tune about? So it's actually, um, it's this song's more about um, regretting, um, re- regretting not taking actions that you should have taken. You know what I mean? So um, I've always said. And this sort of applies quite a lot to my career. Like a lot of people have said, you know, at what point did you take the jump to, you know, stop working in bars and, and be an artist? I was like, well, there wasn't really a, an opportune point to do it. It was, I just had to make that leap because if I didn't, I knew I'd regret never trying. If it failed, I can go back to what I was doing. Uh, and if it works out, then it works out. Yeah, hindsight's so, twenty twenty. Yeah, as, yeah, as well. Which is the thing is like you don't have hindsight when you're making those those decisions. So you sometimes yeah. you have to take a leap of faith, um, and it, that song's kind of about that. And it's kind of about it's kind of the antithesis of that. There is someone that has not made that leap, so and they're just sort of talking through all the things they regret and all the things that they wish they'd done. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, similar jump uh, we sort of made last year, relaunching the bar brand going full-time of it yeah but definitely seeing that obviously i would i had to leave my job to be able to focus on this and do this to a caliber where it would actually be successful yeah. because if not you're half-assed doing it absolutely trying, trying to still go to your day job trying to focus on other things and you're not going to put 110 percent into it the same way that you would if you're doing it all day every day yeah. and really focusing on it so i get that as well yeah like there we go now but it's a scary, scary jump yeah. to make. Yeah, yeah. And it took a while to get the nerve up. And I think with COVID and being messed around by by my work and stuff like that, like it was like, right, let's do this. <laughs> I'm fed up. I want to work for myself now. And yeah. I know that if I can dedicate time to it, you know, yeah. and that's also what the brand's about. It's like if you love anything and you want to do it, make it your life. Go out there and, you know, yeah. like do what you love. And, um, yeah, show other people what you love as well. And, like... You know, spread that message and uh, get it out there. Everyone help each other, share each other's stuff. You know, say, don't you think it's quite it's quite infectious when you speak to someone who loves what they do so much? Oh, I love it, dude. It like when you were tattoo- yeah, when you were tattooing me, like we'd only ever really spoke online. I think maybe we've met in a few bars before. Yeah, but like you're tattooing me, and it's like we've known each other for years, just riffing back mm-hmm. and forth. Because we're both talking about tattoo and we're both talking about art, we're both talking about music, yeah. all things we love. 
And uh, yeah, when you when you're with like-minded people, it just inspires you further, doesn't it? Like, yeah. but you know, that's another thing about taking that jump. You're not going to be in the same circles and networking and being with the same people if you're stuck in a day job and it eats up all your time. Yeah, I agree. You know? Yeah, and you'll lose that inspiration and that motivation and and ripping yeah. off people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. But it's obviously it's very difficult to make that jump. And oh, so difficult. So difficult. Yeah. Financially, everyone's fucked when they first in the gym. But, uh. Yeah, yeah. Well, what does Gary V say, perhaps? you got to eat shit for a few years first, and then you'll fucking make it, basically. you just got to work at it. Yeah, that's it's like, true. true. Like, yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah. I obviously, you've done that, but I've pretty much been yeah. sort of making videos and stuff since I was working full-time, and then made the leap, and then ate shit for yeah. a year. Yeah, perhaps <laughs> is just crazy, because he's, he's just like, like everything just constantly he's always working there's always something on like yeah. i don't know when he sleeps i do sleep i understand <laughs> i charge i just plug into the wall charge for a few yeah. hours <laughs> perhaps isn't sleep mode. <laughs> but like what was the greatest thing about for you like what was can you remember what was what was the greatest feeling about not having to work for anyone else anymore um i suppose it was like it was weird at the start like I had lots of things to do I was making the website with, with perhaps staying up late getting the first designs and the rebranding done and all that stuff and once that sort of lulled down we'd relaunched we'd had the influx of orders and it started to die off like you know as it does yeah. I was sort of sitting there and going well how do I plan my day and then I was like I really took enjoyment of getting a notepad out and being like right I'm going to do this 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 today and starting to coach myself during the days as well. And I'm like, wow, all this time, I'm learning so much in a short amount of time. And I was just so glad that I did it. I was just hyped for so long. And I was carrying that hype on, you know, like for months, to be honest. It was yeah. only when it hit, hit winter, our first winter, I was a little bit like, oh, fuck. I'm not going to lie, January, February was interesting. But like, honestly, like no regrets. Um, if I ever do get a bit neggy, luckily I've got a co-owner. We were talking about this the other day, like yeah. somebody that you can go to and riff to like, and just, you know, get you motivated again. Cause you know, if you're yeah. out there by yourself, it's, you know, yeah. if you have a down day, it can easily turn into like negative thoughts becoming yeah. unconstructive and your own worst enemy and that sort of stuff. Absolutely, so. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's very sort of self-driven. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Yeah. I remember so, that. Um, remember that day when you were, when you first woke up and you were like, I don't have to go to work for anyone else today. <laughs> yeah. Like, that dread of going to work just left you. And you're like, yeah. And then the whole dread of, if I don't do shit, it's on me. <laughs> Kate, yeah, yeah, yeah. It flips, then, doesn't it? It's only yeah. flips. It's more like, um, yeah. oh, fuck. like some days I'm like, right, well, I'm going to take a chill day today. I'm going to, ha I'm going to hang with my girlfriends. I'm not going to do anything. And, uh, like the next day comes and I just like, oh shit, why did I, like, why did I do that? I've got to catch up on this now. I forgot about this thing. Like you end up beating yourself up sometimes, but it's important to have a day off though. I yeah, spent, it is also important. spent years and years feeling guilty for having a day off, but you have to take those. You have to set yourself a day off at least one a week. Yeah. One thing about being self-employed, obviously like that we all know is the late nights and the hours. Yeah. Like, um, everyone's like, oh, it's great. But, like, sometimes you don't realise, like, obviously we enjoy it, but, like, sometimes yeah. you don't realise how much work goes in. So, like, I didn't sleep last night. 
doing flash paintings and I'm still yeah. burning on vapors and I'm probably going to do it again after this. <laughs> and then I just crashed the whole Monday out, Monday right yeah. off in the like, mad productive weekend. But like, I love it, but also it does take a bit of a toll sometimes. But you've, got, you've got to keep doing it. You've got to keep doing it. And because if you don't do anything, nothing's going to happen. And there's no point yeah. getting negged out about it and then just still being unproductive. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Like, I, I think we all, well, all three of us have approached it kind of like a DIY punk band. Like, yeah, oh, dude. No one's going to come in and pick you up and be like, oh, yeah, come and do this work for my company. It's like, yeah, you know, yeah. You have to do all that yourself. Yeah, you have to do the grinding. You have to do the emails. You yeah. have to do the, che- the cheeky, like, tag, uh, tag zebra heads in a story and be <laughs> like, hey, we should have you on a podcast and then book them in. Like, <laughs> you've got to just take every avenue and look at revenue streams and that yeah. sort of thing, you know, and take every opportunity as it comes as well. And, you know, be positive about stuff, but also with the hardcore thing, like everybody scratching each other's backs as well, mm-hmm. like helping each other out, using other people's reach on social media. Like it's no longer posters and hopping on people's sets anymore. It's hopping on people's social media accounts and yeah. that sort of thing. Like, yeah, it doesn't sound as cool. <laughs> it doesn't sound as cool. <laughs> It doesn't sound as cool as like, oh, Jack's printing T-shirts in his garage for for us um, on our handmade printing press that he made with the artwork done by Steve from the coffee shop. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, like I, I definitely think that there's a strong part of that in our in our like our brand and in your music. Yeah, oh, absolutely. It's sort of integral, isn't it? Like, yeah, for sure, for sure. So obviously, I've got a Papa Bear, <laughs> but you've got a Papa Bear, right? Yeah, we got a Papa Pete. Wow, you got Papa Pete. How crazy yeah. is this? We, we were chatting yeah. the other day, and I was like, "Oh, I'll just get Papa Bear," and he was like, "Wait, you've got Papa Bear?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's mental. Yeah, we got Papa Pete. Papa Pete, like our driver. He uh, is a little golden angel. Oh, nice. <laughs> 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 Honestly, about him. He is, he's so organised. Um, he takes care of everything. <laughs> he's brilliant. <laughs> Sound familiar? <laughs> yeah. Like, huge, huge. And he's been a part of the band since day one. He was the first ever drummer we had. Um, mad love for Pete. He's the greatest. And he plays, honestly, he plays in like 12 bands. Has a kid. Um, teaches drums. I don't know how he does all this stuff. Jesus. You know, when you used to watch your mum do everything, like, <laughs> when you were a kid, you're like, how yeah. does she find the time? Yeah. Like, how does he do it? Yeah, well, that's why he's Papa Pete, though, isn't it? <laughs> he's, the dad, he's the dad of the group. Huh? The one and only, yeah. He could set up, like, a two-day mini-festival and just have all of his bands play it. <laughs> yeah, he could, yeah. yeah. He'd be fucking napping, man. <laughs> <laughs> How does he remember all the songs? Are they all just 4-4? Four, four, or can I... Honestly, I have no idea. <laughs> I used to think about vocalists that were in, like, loads of bands. I'm like, Jesus, how do you remember all the lyrics? Like, Yeah, I used to think that, and then until I started a band, I was like, oh, actually, no. It's just me that forgets all, the, all my own words. <laughs> <laughs> so, so many hardcore vocalists just just start giving the mic over to the crowd. Yeah. Isn't it? <laughs> That's uh, that's that's with all the gang vocals. You just just fill a track with gang vocals. That's it. I know. That's all you need. <laughs> so um, 
So next tune, what we got? Let's have another tune. An open letter is the next one, the penultimate song that we'll play this evening for you guys. Penultimate song. And let's hope I did it right. I've been uh, two for two so far. We'll see. <laughs> And he's covered with cuts and bruises The path that he chooses Is fraught with danger and splintered ideals His master to him feel too fucking real He feels like Charlie and just like a wallflower He lacks all the charm but he gains all of the power From his surroundings hiding in empty buildings Abandoned theatres and unlit gravel car parks He queues up for clubs but he never goes in He always bails at the entrance These writhing bodies and snaking hips they make him feel nervous He only really wants to drink that bar dry So he can learn to fight the poison In his body like the venom she wrote him In that letter he wants to feel better He takes a breath, he shudders This isn't worth it This isn't worth it Is that a song because you uh, had a short stint as a postman, or is there a deeper meaning to that one? Or? But slightly deeper. Is, um, <laughs> it was um, more of a song about um, how I felt as sort of late teen, early twenties. I was uh, really shy, really retiring. Um, like suffered with my mental health real bad when I was like when I was sort of age. Um, I mean, my mum didn't really get on very well, which is because now now we're like best friends. Yeah. But um, it was strange how that sort of changed. So it's really nice how that changed. But um, it was kind of a letter letter about that um, to my mum saying, you know, this is how I felt when I was younger. Um, and I spoke to her at lengths before like, I released it and stuff. And, 
and she's the reason I am the man I am now, which is great. You know, it's fucking it's Mother's Day, so it's great talking about this actually. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, it's lovely. It's also, Happy it's, birthday, it's also her birthday as well today. So it's oh, nice. oh sounds that how yeah. is that? Yeah, had a little chat earlier, but um, so yes, that's a that's a song about um, f- feeling all, all nervous and anxious and all the time never feeling quite right. Um, and then at the end of that song, it sort of like changes with like, um, yeah, my mum assuring me that, that things will be fine, which she has done all, all my life. Um, so it, it was really nice to write that. And I've never really written a song that's uh, for someone, particularly in, in, in such a way. Um, so, yeah, that was really nice writing that song. Yeah. My mum loves it. So that's nice. to- that's topical as well. I'm glad I'm glad that we played that yeah. on, the, on the stream. That's nice today. Um, I don't know about you, but like I I was diagnosed quite late. But like looking back across like your teenage years, yeah. Do you see that like every maybe like lash out, wrong decision, fallout, or any of those things? Like now looking back is obviously understandable that it was just people that were anxious and not knowing it and not knowing how to handle it. And things just blew out of proportion. And if you could go back, obviously knowing what you know now, like it would, it would be better. Do you know what I mean? I think it's it's difficult, isn't it? Because as a teenager, your hormones and your brain is all over the place anyway. So if you throw in a mental health issue into that, it just it just creates a perfect storm. <clears throat> so yeah. it's hard to know whether. You know, that's when it started. I mean, I was diagnosed very young. I had, like, antidepressants from about 12, 13. Um, but I don't know if it's because, you know, like, I said some horrible things to my mum back in the day. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. things that I desperately regret. Um, some things that are very funny, like when she said I couldn't go to a phone party and I cycled 12 miles to a phone party. <laughs> Dragged me out by the scruff of my neck. <laughs> 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 For a underage phone party. Yeah, I mean that—that's the sort of thing I'm talking about. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, look at looking back, you're like, oh my god, like. Well, I thought. Yeah, she yeah, was yeah. The first person ever for doing that, but now I'm like, <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, like uh, I mean, like, looking back across like most problems that I've had, whether it's been like not taking an important phone call or. Yeah lashing out at a mate because I felt uneasy in a particular situation and not really know not really knowing what was wrong, if you know what I mean. Just feeling you know we've all Very been in a car yeah, we've all been in a car or like out with mates and then suddenly it's like you you turn and you don't really know why, but it's hard yes. to rein yourself back. I think that um yeah, shying away from problems is a is a big thing actually. That was very poignant for me. Yeah. But open letters. I used to never look at my bank account. I used to do anything like that. Yeah. If I any 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 O eight hundred numbers, you're just like, nope. who the fuck? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it could be really important. Like, yeah. and I've got I've got I've got myself in trouble because of that. Like, not yeah. wanting to take it, not knowing who it is, or being too worried that I'm like, oh, what if I don't have the information they want? What if I slip up? And yeah. like, anything like that, you know, like. I totally get that, yeah. This, you know, and it all comes from that sort of anxiety state, which is, uh, 
which is, you know, your brain not being able to deal with the world as it is. It's not how it's developed to deal yeah. with it. Yeah, the chemical imbalance um, being off and sending you on a mad one. And obviously with lockdown as well, like uh, lots of people, even that didn't suffer before maybe, have started having symptoms and, yeah. you know, I know like my, my girlfriend was very was very outgoing before lockdown and like now she's like I like everything's gonna start opening back up but like I don't even I don't even really know like how do I if, talk to people? Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? And if if you did do a social distance like if you if you went for like a walk with a friend or you done anything like that, did you find that it was like weirdly awkward? Like you were like Yeah like like we'd forgotten how to talk to each other, like uh, social skills wise you're, you're kind of like so what you've been up to and then obviously the answer is well fucking nothing no one's been up to anything so it's like you know, I mean, it's hard it's probably it's hard to rip. That, like, that no one's yeah, yeah. yeah so um you know I, when it comes back as well like, i want to i want to push myself and i hope that other people like obviously not too far like baby steps but like try and get back to a good place where you were before yeah you know build those bridges back up I mean, there's definitely been an element of I didn't realise how much of an introvert I actually was until the first lockdown. I was like, oh, you know what? I've never given being an introvert a go. I think, I, I think I'm, I'm into this. <laughs> and then yeah. the second lockdown happened. And I was like, no, I'm not a fucking introvert. <laughs> I can't do this anymore. <laughs> Let me out. I mean, I mean, apart from seeing, like, like Papa Bear and stuff and like going to gigs i'd say largely yeah i'm enjoying it a little bit too much yeah. like not leaving the house like i made i made this tiktok yesterday which had the movement song and the lyric line is outside for the first time in a long time and then and then i i done it like a disc scratch and then i, I was sat back down inside again and i was like actually no i have social anxiety and people are cunts <laughs> 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 and i was like that's kind of how i feel like i get really excited to like just go to the shop or get out of the house and then sometimes i'm like out like down the road and i'm like oh actually like i, I might just go home like yeah that's why i'm like i feel like i need to push myself when things start opening up yeah it's gonna have to be um there's gonna be a lot of anxiety surrounding it like people who used to love the pub or people who used to be really sociable. I think gigs is going to be a big tell. Yeah. Like, if they start doing that, like, I don't want to be in a mosh pit with loads of dudes with their shirts off. Like, I don't, I don't want that. Like, yeah, all, all that Rona sweat. What? All that Rona <laughs> sweat and all that, all that backwash, that, all that backwash in the beer going everywhere. Yeah, I don't want to catch every drink off my mouth. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, I was talking to, to Scobes, obviously a friend of the podcast for our listeners um, yesterday, and we were saying that um, we think when gigs come back at first, they're going to be popping. Um, like, I think a lot of people are going to want to get there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think it's going to be really, really good for the scene, you know, 2021, 2022, in, in all aspects of all music. I think, I, you know, what's your view on that? Do you think it will be or do you think it won't be? Or I think it will 
I think there'll be a burst, and I think there'll be too many people at gigs that aren't used to going to gigs that then people will then go, oh, gigs, gigs are full of assholes now. Um, and then we'll step back. I don't know. I don't know how it's going to go. I would love to hope that. I feel like um, a lot of lessons have been learned over lockdown. I feel there's been a lot of lessons about consent. There's been a lot of lessons about the police. There's been a lot of lessons about race issues that need to be addressed. Um, so I hope that, you know, if I was an optimist, I'd be like, we'll go back. Gigs will be amazing. Yeah. Uh, diverse. Everyone will be respectful and kind. I think it'll be a shit show of people getting fucking hammered and pissing people off. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is a good point. <laughs> I think everyone's going to be overdoing it a little bit when they yeah. get back out. But we'll see. And I think, but I think lockdown has maybe given people a bit more sort of ownership to be like, no, like you're in my space. Fuck off. Yeah. I think that is going to be something that we can take from the pandemic, which maybe before was seen as impolite. We're British, so impolite, <laughs> but now... I'm sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> sorry, it literally stood on my ankle, sorry. <laughs> but now we can be like, can you move away? I feel uncomfortable. I don't think people have such an, an issue saying that. Yeah. So may, maybe it'll be a safer spot. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how it's going to go. Yeah, I mean, I st it still seems like from where we're at right now, so far away. But, you know, I'm seeing tour posters for September, October, November. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know, like, perhaps, what do you think, like... I think people are so eager to get back at it. Like, people have been locked up pretty much, at least for the mm -hmm. past three months. Um, but, yeah, how many people really did loads last year? Like, it's pretty much just a fucking duff year on the calendar, isn't it? Um, so I think, yeah, I think yeah. you might as well scratch. Yeah, so I think there's going to be a big sort of outcry for actually getting out into a social situation. Uh, it's just what happens when you've had two years of people that haven't been able to socialise properly or put in a room together with alcohol. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, th I think they'll be packed. I no doubt about that. Yeah. It's, yeah. yeah, whether they're packed with the right people, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. It's like, it's like it could be the old people that have spent two years locked locked in their house and haven't seen anyone for ages and yeah yeah well, it could just be fucking matey boy who works in the city he's come down like <laughs> or something else, yeah <laughs> getting the red stripes <laughs> yeah plugged in <laughs> bye bye so yeah I tell I tell you what I do miss the owl century. Yeah, man. I'm glad that doesn't exist at the moment, though, because that would be, be gone. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, it was gone before, so obviously it wouldn't have yeah. survived very long in the lockdown. But yeah, uh, yeah I mean, for, for people like yourself in the city, I mean, like in, I'm talking Norwich in particular right now. I mean, is there anywhere? Do you know of anywhere which is sort of filling that hole? No. Yeah. It's a shame, That's isn't it? I'd say there isn't anywhere that's a DIY venue in Norwich. Yeah. Like, yeah. To that. There's places that facilitate it, but sometimes begrudgingly, sometimes willingly. Yeah. Um, 
I feel that. I feel Whereas that. I, mean, I think after lockdown, they won't need to begrudgingly have punk bands play because they'll have enough people. Yeah. So I think it's it's gonna be a, a, I don't know, kind of a rough time. I think we're gonna have to find a spot. Yeah. I mean, yeah. waterfront is too expensive, really, and the venue cap's too high for smaller acts and smaller, like, promoters. Yeah. Um, well, you want 100, 150. Yeah, yeah. Like, so Gringo's is really good for their setup of what they do, but the unfortunately, like, it's nothing against the guy, but, like, the, the space itself isn't suited for live music that great because of how long it is. Yeah, yeah, it's not as... Yeah, just the layout of the place is a bit unfortunate, <laughs> but I really like the guy's like work ethic and what he's trying to do. Oh yeah, Andrew's like up for having anything. He's, he's yeah, he's cool dude. But... Lovely bloke. Yeah, really, really nice guy. Yeah, just wish that the space was uh, like better for him. You know, it's really difficult. Um, I've been trying to scope out for the last few years in Norwich. I've been trying to scope out like a weird spot to to like sort of commandeer. But it's been tough. Maybe you should just do open air. Maybe you should just go do a car park somewhere. Under a bridge. Yeah. Under a bridge. Do it in the underpass. I mean, we've got the weather for it. So. <laughs> get, the, get 100 kids in the underpass. That would be jokes. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, you could be in the middle and have a four-way crowd. <laughs> 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 like fucking Metallica on a circle stage in the middle of Rock and Ring or something. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> just be like... Game off, like someone trying to walk past the whole crowd parts. <laughs> like you're fucking Moses or something. Yes, somebody's trying to get through. <laughs> trying to get through. <laughs> I just want to get to Greg's. <laughs> <laughs> so, talking of eating, should we have the last song? Yes, yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, we've got one, one more song for everyone. And uh, that is All My Best Friends Are Cannibal Heads. So let's go. I love this tune. Right, let's, let's, we're in. I didn't mean to start eating my friends But impulse took over and let's not pretend Good on ivory plates All that we wanted was to eat our mates Our best friends are cannibals They don't make us criminal We devour your sadness
I didn't mean to start eating my friends. Tune. <laughs> Tune. So, um, <laughs> obviously, this one's a little bit of a fun one, but like, you know, what brought what brought it on? What inspired it? So it's um, it's more. I don't normally write songs with metaphors, but I like the idea of um, there's a line in it like about your friends eating your sadness. And I like the idea of that you're, because I, I find that like often like when you're on top, when you chat to your friends and you're feeling shit and they, they just sort of absorb all these negative bad feelings that you're having. And I, I was like, oh, the idea of them eating it or like, you know, consuming it and then sort of co- like really playing on the fact that they're cannibals is really great. <laughs> and they all the fact that they're actually just, um, you know, eating up your sadness and not eating up your flesh. I thought it was really, uh, <laughs> a really like sort of interesting way of writing about it. Yeah, dude. So it's like, kind of, you know, and like if you take it at face value, it's like, oh my god, this guy's into cannibals. <laughs> <laughs> I was just straight to zombie apocalypse. <laughs> like, I was like, I was like, Rona's, Rona's here. Like the vaccine's coming out. The vaccine's gonna make everyone zombies in 2021. Uh, this is like the fucking plot line of uh, Iron Legend uh, or some shit. Like, oh, I hadn't even made that connection. Like, that does sound very. Right. <laughs> well, that's like you know, you know, when you listen to music and you 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 take your own messages from lyrics and you go off on little tangents and stuff in your in your brain while you're listening to it. You know, that's one reason why I love music and just. Uh, finding your own meanings and songs and i yeah i started thinking about that i started thinking about like uh yeah we're, we're just like it feels like we're in a, a plot of a bad movie like a b movie or something <laughs> like so if you went back three years and tried to describe the situation to anyone they would definitely go oh well that's real you're a they, crackhead you, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they would think you were talking about a horror film they say nave's lost it finally fuck it out if you went back you're like yeah right so there's zombies but they don't get you if you're two meters away. And uh, <laughs> as long as the zombie wears a mask, you're fine. <laughs> it's funny though, because like uh, if you think about that first like Shaun of the Dead shot where he goes to the shop, and obviously it's, it's like, awesome. yeah, yeah, it's kind of kind of like that was kind of Rona early morning, like, it's <laughs> 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 like, uh, jokes. So uh, talking about cannibals, who's ready for some facts? Who's ready for some knowledge? Yeah, I some like so. We're gonna do a cannibal special just because I love that song so much. I don't, I don't know how <laughs> yeah. uh, how I'm gonna feel about this. There's quite a few harrowing ones last week, and we only did serial killers. Oh, dude, dude, last week I think my favorite quote from last week was "wilted bags of vaginas." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we had a serial killer special at the end, and uh... <laughs> yeah, dude, we went, we went into Jeffrey Dahmer, obviously. A great cannibal. <laughs> yeah. probably gonna come up well, one of the best. Um, yeah, one of the best cannibals. He won medals, man. <laughs> also, create zombies as well. dinner. So, everyone, what does uh, what does human flesh taste like? Like chicken. A comparison between chicken. something that actually exists. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, what would you expect? I was just like questions. Um, <laughs> I don't know, dude. Like. Isn't it like in Austin Powers, he calls it the other other white meat? So is it like pork? (laughs) (laughs) 
So I, I've always heard I've always heard that it tastes like chicken, but everyone always says this tastes like chicken. Um, but here, according to most cannibal reports, apparently human flesh is closest to pork. You were right. Um, and, <laughs> yeah, mad. and uh, and human meat is actually also known by the name of the long pig. The long pig. Long. The long pig. We got ourselves a long, long pig, pig here, boys. Open a bar. if I call it. Fuck knows what the like. I suppose it's because it's like a tall person or it's like a tall yeah. pig, like just some fucking like. Have you ever seen black sheep? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I yeah, you know when the guy but like turns into a sheep at the end because of like vampire yeah. sheep. I just imagine like a vampire pig, like like man bear pig shit. <laughs> like, I'm super super ethereal. <laughs> I'm super cereal. <laughs> Yeah, but um, I always heard it tastes like uh, tastes like chicken. But it also says here that it's uh, it's gamey and odorless, uh, according to Armin Mays, uh, a cannibal from Germany. How do you find a cannibal to interview? Do you reckon he was in prison or? Oh fuck those, dude! What do you do? Just put like a put, put like a Facebook post Craigslist. out. Like, could we have any? Yeah, Craigslist post out. Connoisseurs of the long pig. If you could write in. <laughs> <laughs> that, well, that guy got. Uh, he volunteered himself to get eaten, didn't he? By that cannibal. What? What the fuck? Paps, get on the fucking types. What, what is this? That was it. <laughs> that was in. He's Austrian. No way. It was on Craigslist. Was he eating more? <laughs> It's on crazy. He literally, oh, that is so sketchy. He got arrested for it. He like advertised to eat someone else, or like someone advertised to be eaten. What on earth? That's crazy. Like, but like, what? What are we talking? Like, oh, you can take a leg as long as I stay alive, or like no, when I die. Or... I think he killed him and ate his cock first. This is oh. this is the one I found then. Mad. Oh, let's have it. Let's have it. So he's a German computer repair technician who uh, achieved notoriety for killing and eating his volunteer victim in 2001, found on the internet. So, yeah. uh, I think his name's Muse, or Miwise, I don't know. I don't know how to pronounce it. But anyway, him and the victim yeah, jointly same attempted... Same guy, Ar Armin Miwise, that I just quoted, that said he's gaming and odorless. Same there guy. There you go, Armin Miwise. Or Miwise, or Muse, I don't know. It's German. Muse. But... Um, <laughs> And the victim joint, so yeah, him and the victim jointly attempted to eat the victim's severed penis. So not only did, not only did this guy, eat some guy it's, it's, not only did this guy eat this other dude's dick, this other dude ate his own dick. Just cutting it up like little samples at Morrison's, you know, like yeah, <laughs> <laughs> mad. <laughs> Oh, that's grim. That's grim. That's horrible. I can't believe somebody would offer themselves up. So yeah, he was obviously still alive then, at the beginning. Uh, well, yeah, he ate his own mad. fucking dick. Fuck the world. <laughs> the world is a dark place, and the more and more we do these fact shows, the more and more I'm like, holy fucking shit! You feel? <laughs> I would love to tattoo someone who can handle that kind of pain. Ah, so easy. Like weird morbid stuff with tattoo do you know about the japanese guy that has the largest collection of um of like tattoo skins in the world like oh, skins of this. people that have died it's all like yeah like prisoner um body suits. yeah i think it's yakuza like people yeah yeah, yeah. so um so yeah cool. just this japanese guy collecting like people's skin like artwork like you go to his house and it's just like you yeah. know skin suits everywhere <laughs> and frames these are like in Victorian times, they used to make um, 
wallets and stuff out of hanged prisoners' skin. Oh my god! And if they had tattoos, it'd be like even worth way more. There was like a, a doctor that had a his own doctor's bag made from a a criminal that was hanged, Jesus. like from the skin. Yeah, and was it all flashed up cool, like a like, <laughs> like a bad Monday bag or like, yeah. like, like, yeah, like, like a yeah. ACAB on it, massive. <laughs> yeah, 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 dude. <laughs> <laughs> XXHC. <laughs> oh, that's jokes. So, um, it's a really lovely, like, realistic black and, black and grey lion. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> He'd be the flashiest motherfucker walking down the street, though. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> um, so, the taste of human flesh, however, depends on a number of factors, such as gender, age, um, and which part of the body is eaten. Uh, as well as the method of cooking. Okay. So that's that could be said for like obviously any any meat, but basically oh. it looks here like it's like lamb and, and mutton. Like um oh. ha- like obviously the younger the victim, the more tender the meat is, it says here. Uh, okay. Oh my god. Which is which is which is pretty dark. That pretty is dark. pretty dark. <laughs> pretty dark. So you know, who's what country's most known for eating people? Oh. What like historically? Yeah, what? I'd say historically. Yeah. Um, Eating like there's, there's a country known for it. Are they well known for it? Are they? Yeah. Uh... yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd say so. Keep it simple. Keep it simple. Think who? Think who would eat people? <laughs> are we to have? Are we talking thousands of years ago? Uh. It looks here that they were still doing it up to the 1950s, at least. Oh, God. Um... <laughs> I'm going to say Russia. <laughs> Russia. <laughs> Sneaky Russians. Um, uh, the UK to eat jelly babies. <laughs> <laughs> Where, whereabouts? Just like down in Hastings. <laughs> Anywhere. <laughs> it's just a greasy spoon serving up people. <laughs> <laughs> so a tribe known as the Four in Papua New Guinea yeah, uh, was popular, yeah. uh, was popularly known for being cannibals. Uh, however, in the 1950s, some of the tribal people were diagnosed with a disease known as Kuru, the disease which is known to spread exclusively by eating human flesh that is infected. Ooh. So if any if anybody you know comes down with the Kuru, you know they've been fucking around with some shit they shouldn't have been fucking around with. Feel me? What, like, what are the symptoms? What's it called? Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> Kuru. Uh, K U R U. Uh, I need to find out if I need to call one one one. Oh. God. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I want to know. What, I know. I want to know what the symptoms are. I want to know uh, yeah. what happens. Can you get so it it's a uh, transmissible spongiform <laughs> encephalopathy. It is a disease of the nervous system that causes physiological and neurological effects, which ultimately lead to death. Uh, progressive cerebellar ataxia, or loss of coordination and control over muscle movements. It's still less than what you get if you ate, than if you ate that crazy shellfish shit that we did a fact on earlier in the year. Last which year. one, dude? There's a couple. There was like. The one that makes the one that makes your body reverse. The one that makes hot, cold what? things feel hot and hot feel cold, and everything's backwards. What? Yeah, dude, it sounds awful. It sounds awful. <laughs> yeah, it's it sounds like um, it sounds like cold turkey from like a heroin come down times ten. Like, and it's just yeah. from eating like 
shellfish that has this one bacteria in it, which you can't find. You only know once you've eaten it. Oh, that's horrible. In the Caribbean, yeah. I was like, I'm never going to order shellfish in the Caribbean again. But yeah, it still sounds better than that, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. I wonder how nutritious. Uh, I wonder how nutritious uh, human meat is. Today, have you got facts about it? I reckon. Uh, I'm. I'm looking here. I. I remember seeing one earlier. Where are my fact sheet here? Do 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 do. I'm definitely getting spotted uh, by the FBI for something like this. Oh uh, yeah, I always <laughs> every week when I when I Google my weird facts, I'm like I am on so many watch lists. Uh, so, uh, uh, practitioners of cannibalism usually target the following organ organs for their health benefits um, or spiritual benefits. This would have been from thousands of years ago in the in the belief. So if you ate um, a person's brain, it was um, to get knowledge of their enemies. If you ate their heart, it was gaining their power and courage. And if you ate their legs, it was to gain their speed. Uh, however, legs are only if the fallen victim was a fast runner. <laughs> uh, I've got some calorie statistics. Some facts here for uh, so a meaty yeah, yeah, yeah. a meaty human thigh has around uh, thirteen thousand three hundred and fifty five calories for the whole thigh. A thigh, a, a meaty human thigh, thirteen thousand three hundred and fifty five calories. <laughs> that's a lot of meat in it. That is a lot. You're not going to eat a whole thigh in a sitting, though. Are you? That's it's <laughs> a bit gratuitous. Yeah, <laughs> like, maybe like lay it out on Christmas Day. <laughs> I wonder what the most tender cut is. Uh, does it does it say? But I'm not, I'm not asking what the most like going from uh, how how nutritious is human flesh to uh, what's the tastiest what? cut of human meat. Google what's tastiest. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> what's tastiest? All right. I, I mean, why not? The, <laughs> most, the most tender's got to be the rump, right? It's got to be a, a good butt. prime cut of ass. Oh, it's got to be. <laughs> what's the most tender of other meat? I don't I don't know. Uh, yeah, I know. Obviously, obviously, you're you're vegan. I'm like ninety five percent vegan, so uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, um, fillet, fillet would be the uh... yeah. I suppose. I oh, suppose cheek. I don't know. I've never eaten cheek. I've never. I never, had, I never ate it. I've never had a cheek. I had kidney and stuff, but that was always a bit like. See, that, yeah, kidney and liver is like really strong flavour, but that's because it's full of fucking iron and just other nutrients. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you can't you can't eat a liver without the piss. Come on, we're not animals here. <laughs> Have you got anything there, Paps? No, you know what? I've got a lot of articles, I just don't want to click on any of them. <laughs> <laughs> I eat people so you don't have to. Five body parts you should dot dot dot. I don't know if that's uh Oh please. Alright. Okay. I'm sorry if you get arrested. <laughs> Five to oh, it's just the ones to avoid. Ah, oh, five to eat. Here we go: liver, brain, tongue, ribs, and eyeballs. Oh, straight on the ribs. Get the barbecue ribs. I don't Texas barbecue. I don't know who this. <laughs> I don't know if this is real, but it seems like a weird article to write. Yeah, it does. That sounds like somebody who's speaking from experience. You feel me? Yeah, like, somebody's just got a food blog for like. Also, it seems like a weird article to Google. Hi, is that the FBI? <laughs> <laughs> if 
anyone interested in taking up cannibalism from our talk here, um, <laughs> <laughs> there's multiple different types of ca- cannibalism available for you to choose from. Oh, um, all have a different definition, but um, eventually all the meanings mean that you sample the long pig. The most popular forms, however, are endocannibalism and exocannibalism. However, I don't have the definitions here, perhaps, so you have to grab those. But yeah, um, endo and exo. I mean, exo to me is like the outside, right? Yeah, you would have thought. Yeah, like an exoskeleton. Endo, yeah. I presume, being the opposite of that, but I don't know really. I so. assume it's skin or offal, right? Yeah. Endocannibalism is a practice of cannibalism in one's own locality or community. Ah, uh, okay. So it goes to, you would imagine that uh, the other one would be eating out exocannibalism would be uh, outside one's close social group. Right, okay. The one would kind of be with consent or if a member of your community had died, the other would be... Yeah. Or going out and fucking murdering people and eating them. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. what it sounds like. It does. The, for one example, eating one's enemy. Um, yeah, you'd probably kill them before you ate them. So, yeah, I've got to yeah. think so. That's. This is... I mean, that's a different fucking meaning to the taste of revenge, isn't it? You know. <laughs> maybe, maybe human meat is best served cold. You never know. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> During World War Two, the Japanese soldiers often resorted to cannibalism. During those bloody years, the Japs earned themselves the reputation of killing and eating civilians, but more often prisoners of war, either because they believed in exocannibalism or they simply ran out of food and needed some for a source of survival. Oh. Savage. Oh, my God. Savage. Have you watched a series called um, uh, The Terror? No, dude. Tell me about it. It's on iPlayer. So it's a fictional story about these two boats that were sailing through the Arctic. Um, and then they got, they get sort of locked in um, in the ice, in like the moving ice. Um, when winter comes, so it all freezes and you can't travel. Yeah, so they're fucked. And they're fucked, basically. And then it sort of goes on to what happens after that. They're stuck there for years. Oh, like, man. It's really cool. Like, I rate it. It's on a, Do they just take it in turn eating each other's foot or something? Like Yeah, well... You'll see. I don't want to give it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> could be that. Could be. Could be grosser than that. <laughs> so, uh, did you know that most humans are cannibals? Um, not because they eat actual human flesh, but because they actually bite their own skin, fingers, nails, and hair. Yeah. It's still classed as a type of cannibalism uh, because you are consuming part of a human body. That's. What pretty wild, it, especially because I do it on like constantly. Like it's again, I was. What bit? What bit of their body does everyone bite the most? Uh, my mine's my fingers. Fingers. Yeah. Hey. Got Mine be. is definitely accidentally biting the inside of my fucking cheek. That happens way too often than I'd like to admit. <laughs> oh, that's the is it? Uh, when you really crunch it hard when you're enjoying oh, something, it just ruins your meal, dude. Yeah. Oh, it's the worst. You're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Everyone can relate. <laughs> I've stopped that now. How did you curb it? Uh, I decided that it, like, A, looks gross. B, it's just really sharp. I just started uh, cutting them quite a lot. With yeah. Angle, 
no clippers. Because when I was a kid, my parents used to like, you ever have that stuff where they put put your finger in that? Uh, the bad taste of stuff. Yeah, I'd lick it off. What? Yeah, I'd get off. I'd like, get through it. <laughs> Dude, honest that. to God, right? My like habit of it is so bad that I would just fucking get it off. I'd scratch it off with my teeth and I'd get it off or I'd, I'd like rub it and wash it. Like, like I, I, it's it's like the rolling the cigarettes thing to keep my hands busy when I'm anxious. It's yeah. just something to do with your hands when you've got nothing else. Like it's straight to the fingers. Like Lib is constantly like slapping me and being like, oh, you stop biting. Like constant, dude. Yeah. I get told off all the time. <laughs> yeah, I figured that you could just sort of like get through it. Like it takes about 10 seconds a finger. <laughs> oh, great. Yeah. Talking about all this stuff, though, how can we forget about medical cannibalism? Practiced widely in Europe um, during the Middle Ages, mm. medical cannibalism meant eating human parts for medicinal benefits. It was widely believed that human parts were perfect for curing several ailments, such as gout and headache. What the fuck? <laughs> it's a bit much, isn't it? Gout and headache? <laughs> Like, I mean, that no, sounds completely reasonable. You get tablets for, obviously, but like, uh, a fucking what? I've got a little bit of a head on. I'm just going to fucking <laughs> chew someone up. Like, yeah. Uh, pass me that kidney, will you? <laughs> this is killing me. Yeah. Similar with the West of that time um, for being hypocritical. Ironically, um, it was Europe which denounced cannibalism among tribal people as barbaric. Uh, Europeans are always like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, this yeah. <laughs> says. <laughs> They say something else and do something else. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's fucking right. <laughs> but yeah, um, Europeans in um, in the Middle Ages used to think that human fat was capable of successfully treating uh, rheumatisms and arthritis. Uh, human fat being spread on wounds was capable of uh, healing wounds. Yeah. Human blood could treat treat conditions like epilepsy and other forms of um, spastic conditions. Obviously, where you know, somebody yeah. has fits. Um, and flesh of Egyptian mummies were thought to have the healing power of several ailments. So that's even worse. That's like eating jerky. That's like people jerky. Oh, God. You know, it's like... <laughs> people jerky. You're eating, you're eating history. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's crazy. Like, I want... what, what do you think about the young Brits that, uh, that have to learn from this, uh, these mummies that we steal from their land and... Uh... In our own museum, <laughs> yeah. the one in the Natural History yeah. Museum. Like we've only got half of him because <laughs> we found him being numbed up in a, in an Egyptian cafe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we tried to stick like half of him sort of spit. <laughs> uh, right here we go. In 1993, Joseph Stalin imposed a famine in Ukraine. The conditions went so wrong that people eventually resorted to cannibalism. Obviously, in uh, Stalingrad as well in World War Two. Um, there was a big, um, like, thing with cannibalism happening. And it's obviously uh, very sad, but That's basically, so as as humans here, because we are blessed with our survival instincts still, although we're evolved, they're still in the background, um, they're often toned, turned to what is known as survival cannibalism, which is obviously what happened here. Um, yeah. And simply put, humans can likely eat dead people or simply kill to eat the flesh of human in case they're starving. So although it might be like, oh, I could never do that or blah, 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 there's something in your brain that might make you do it in that situation in that time. Yeah, what's... Oh, yeah, you, have, you can't condemn people that... What's, what's that. real yeah. bad is... Uh, I actually know about this because Soviet Russia put out propaganda telling people that they shouldn't eat their children. 
which is just propaganda. Like, like yeah, I yeah. propaganda was supposed to make them look good. That's what... Well, no, they were no. like, no, it's just a political message, isn't it? They were like, oh, putting out political yeah. posters, say, telling people not to eat their children because it's bad. And then go, yeah, it is good advice. But I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go as far as to say that it's not the worst advice that Russia's put out there. <laughs> and then, I'm just gonna... <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, there's, what is this? There's a, a house in, in Norwich as well. Like you know that like crooked house on Toomland? Oh uh, well there's lots on Toomland, but yeah. It's like the uh like it was like one of the plague houses and they like Ooh. boarded the house up. And then when they opened it back up years later, they had like the mum and dad had died from the plague, but the daughter was still alive, but she'd taken like bites out of the out of the mum and dad. She oh, was man. desperately starving and she started eating her parents. Oh, oh that's mad. I went yeah. on a rabbit hole about, about plague doctors once and that, that was like a two-day like thing of like, oh, my God. <laughs> well, I did, like, you know, j- just like a separate fact that's in the back of my head because, like, obviously that's why we started doing these because I just riffed this shit. Um, basically, like, plague doctors are one of the single most reasons why the plague was spread. Really? Yeah, um, basically they go they're going into like plague infested areas, um, and they've got their gowns on that go down to their feet, and um, they've got they've got the masks on. But what it's doing is it's containing the plague within it. They've got the plague themselves, and also they uh, thought that it was just breathing it in. It was aerial, and that nothing could get in their gowns. But what it actually was was uh, ticks and fleas biting the bottom of their ankles. Okay. That, that was another thing that was spreading the plague a lot. Yeah, uh, I didn't know that. I wonder if uh, you eat someone with plague, you get plague. Yeah. That probably I mean, makes sense as well. Yeah. <laughs> you, you get you get plague and and uh, and a bad case of the cora or whatever it's called. I'm <laughs> <laughs> probably bad. Uh, it, it definitely looks like Papua New Guinea was the place where. Uh, place where it was popping um, <laughs> cannibal was really hot so, just just so so hot yeah. and it's also crazy like until how late as well because obviously papua new guinea is probably one of the last places where there's tribe tribes that like mm. you know they have no fly zones above them so they don't actually like see the stuff that modern society yeah. has you know but obviously people have gone over there and tried to reach out to them um, for, for better or for worse. We've all heard about missionaries. For what reasons, I imagine? Like, yeah. Head of our Lord God. Like, <laughs> yeah. Always. Some, some bollocks reason, but like, yeah. you know, whatever way you think, uh, whatever way you think about it, these four people met a grisly end. So four 19th century missionaries were killed, cooked and eaten by Papua New Guinea's Tola tribe, different tribe yeah. at the beginning. Uh, Talele, who was a warrior chief of the tribe, ordered the killings. Uh, the Toli tribe finally accepted the killings and apologized uh, in 2007. Apologized? Yeah. Soz, mate. <laughs> <laughs> what? Why'd they apologize? Oh, sorry. Sorry, this guy tried to, came on our land and tried to. Uh... Four people. Four people just turned up and were like, we want to spread the word of God. And they're just <laughs> yeah. sharpening You look tasty. Yeah. Oh, shing, 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 shing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everyone's yeah, looking at that. <laughs> why? Why are we sitting in this pot? Cartoons have like carrots in it. I'm <laughs> uh, so, 
So um, in, in today's terms, one of the most popular forms of cannibalism is uh, is the practice of eating the placenta. Yeah. Um, obviously, it's as well. Supposed to be good for you, right? Yeah, it's supposed to be good for you. It says here with health benefits. Um, yeah. If perhaps you can get on the get on the keys and find out exactly what it is. Um, I mean, I mean, me, me, and perhaps are both having babies, and I don't know how he feels about it, but I will not be eating shit. I will not be eating. I, I've not had a baby. Do you know? Do you know what's fun? What, what, what do you I, think? If you, if you did, would you would you be game? <laughs> what well, isn't that? I thought that the women ate the placenta mm. to like replenish uh, iron and stuff. Not for that. I mean, it might be. It might be. Or was a dude eating it? Uh, some sort of weird fucking matching. Do they just do like a lady and the tramp? They get oh, each God. on one end. You feel me? Like, Please no. Like a, like a bit of spaghetti and. <laughs> like, I'm trying to find. Okay, I've got some benefits. I assume, yeah, I assume it's purely for. <laughs> I love the conversations like, we get on to on this shit. I, I did actually pitch the idea to Jade, semi-jokingly, as a I was trying not to be jo- look like I was joking and pitching it seriously to her. She wasn't fond of the idea. Um, <laughs> I don't know why. What did you say? Fry up some eggs? Yeah, I was like, yeah, we'll just get it home, like get them to cut it into like servings or whatever. We'll put it in, fry it up, have it, have oh, it with various different. Different, different... <laughs> different meals. <laughs> but hey. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I, I did the same thing, to be honest. Yeah, you put on the serious face and you're like, yeah, so you're going to eat the placenta then? Or... Yeah, or, or is that mine? Like, you're going <laughs> to eat all that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if it's going, I mean, I might be hungry. It does, <laughs> no one wants it. I mean, I'll take it. Um, but yeah. What if when you go into labour, I forgot to take a packed lunch or something? <laughs> you feel? Um, there are benefits though. It says possible, so I don't, I don't know where they're getting their data. But uh, the possible benefits of placenta encapsulation include: oh, so this is eating it as a pill. I don't know how you get it. Like, yeah. I guess you freeze dry it and. What? Just monthly placenta pills that you get on subscription. What the fuck is that? <laughs> For fourteen ninety nine yeah. a month, first month free, just pay shipping. <laughs> That's uh... <laughs> make sure to use code CRDNL fifteen at checkout for your placenta pills now. <laughs> By the sick fishy, you built your own placenta. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so apparently the benefits are a decrease in postpartum mood disorders, increased production of oxytocin, a decrease in stress hormones. Restoration of iron levels following birth and increased milk supply. Dude, stands in the nose. There you go. Sounds, sounds stands in the Increased milk yeah. supply. Yeah. There you go. So the, the guys should not be eating it. It should definitely no. be uh, the birth mother. I don't know. I think I'm definitely going to have to get some Nesquik powder in to give a little uh, titty milk, fucking milkshake a try. <laughs> <laughs> So in China, there was a practice known as Kokan and Koku. I missed the... If you can get that up on I the... I missed that, mate. Sorry. You, uh, you, I, my phone slapped the... I hit my charger and my phone went slap. Uh, I'll start that one again. In China, there was a practice known as Kokan and Koku. How am I spelling? C... Uh, sorry, K-O... Yeah. K-A-N... And then K-O-K-U. Okay. And what happened with that? Uh, I can't find it. Google is not telling me much about it. Okay, I've got something here. It was a cannibalistic ritual in which daughters and sons would willingly donate their body parts to their parents who were sick. It was believed that those parents would eat those body parts to become healthy. 
It was a common practice for daughters and sons to donate their livers. Mao Chang, I, I'm probably butchering that, sorry, was pr um, was princess who gave uh, gave away both her hands to her father who was ill. After this, Mo Chang was uh, deified. So wait, 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 wait. Did you say she gave her hands to her father to eat so he could get better? Yes. Right. And then became a, a handless deity in the in the Chinese eyes. Yeah. yeah okay. That's that's kind of crazy. How did how did she cut her second hand off? <laughs> that's a logistical problem. I didn't think she fought through. Yeah. Imagine doing that. Just going right. Okay, I'll cut both my hands off. I'll get the iron hot so I can cauterize the wound as soon as they're gone. Shouldn't... <laughs> Fuck. How do I get this one off? <laughs> <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> That's madness, man. I mean, I, I it makes you it makes you it really makes you wonder like whether they believe this shit. Like, do you reckon like just before it happened, feel, she was like, <laughs> I feel like, like having second thoughts. Cut, cutting your own hands off definitely uh, speaks to the fact she probably believed what, in what she was doing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if Mad, you didn't believe it? it, you'd probably only go one hand, wouldn't you? Be like, oh. Yeah, what about if you got cold work. feet after the one hand? Yeah. <laughs> Get rid of them, so I guess. Yeah, you can't you can't feed a man only one hand. You're right, uh, mate. Okay, I'm really confused by this one. I'm just, yeah, this is a bit of a weird one. So, um, so what would you say the most uh, valuable human flesh is? What, like cut off the body? <laughs> like, yeah, the most the, the most prized, like wagyu beef, like. Human flesh, uh, tongue or genitals. An athlete, like you know, like athlete, yeah, a okay, top yeah, athlete that... meat. Athlete meat, yeah, yeah. It's actually, it's actually female virgins. Oh, of oh, course, God. All right. Yeah, of course it is. It always is with the virgins, isn't it? It's for fuck's sake, leave the virgins alone. Well, you never know. What's maybe, maybe the in-out dick action spoils the meat a bit. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what it is with that sort of stuff, and like, um, you know, or like, like, I mean, they've barely seen life. Bless their hearts. Yeah. Is it, is it like lamb and mutton? Like, you know, like, or extra virgin olive oil? Like, some people like their oil to be fucked. You feel? No, man. I like, <laughs> I like my, I like my olive oil extra virgin. <laughs> it's only to be honest. I don't even know what the difference means. Like, what? Why? Why is it virgin? Why is it extra? I didn't even know fucking oil was alcoholic. <laughs> That's a Mickey uh, Mickey Flanagan sketch that I love uh, from one of his stand-ups, like a Mickey Flanagan bit. And he's like going to these Ponzi restaurants, and they're like, "Oh, extra virgin olive oil." And he goes, "I don't know about you, but I like my oil to be fucked." <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, dude. I'm of the opinion, keep your dick out of my oil. Um, so there's a more sinister form of auto-cannibalism, which is the same as, you know, biting your hair and fingernails oh, and God, fingers. No. Um, this is known as voluntary auto-cannibalism, which involves biting off muscles and eating them all together for body modification purposes. Yeah, this one you're going to like, Dan. Did you catch yeah. that? I don't. Right, so obviously, like, right. the body mod scene. Stop so, the world. Yeah, yeah. auto-cannibalism. <laughs> Stop the world, I'm getting off. 
So auto cannibalism is when you eat your fingers, your your skin yeah. on your fingers, your hair, and all that sort of stuff. But the um, the worst form of it is biting off muscles and eating them um, for body modification purposes. People may even end up eating their own blood, um, as referred to as auto vampirism. Yeah, I think I saw a. What documentary is it about that? I'm sure it was Louis Theroux or something like that. At what point does it become vampiric? Because I like anytime I get a cut, I always like lick the blood off until I can find something to like. Because you're a vampire. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, that's, yeah, but everyone's done that, that's right? Let's just clean it because off because I don't want to wipe it on my t-shirt. Oh, you don't want it getting messy, right? Yeah. Would you do the same if you uh, accidentally dropped a bit of garlic? Would you be like? Because <laughs> <laughs> you're a vampire. I tend to steer clear of garlic for undisclosed reasons. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I know why Nave done sleep now. Yeah. I haven't seen my reflection in years. Yeah. yeah, like I mean, if you cut your finger a little bit, like I'd suck the blood off. But like, if I, if I was in a car crash and had like a fucking like laceration the size of my leg, I don't think I'd be trying to like fucking. I'm not telling you to pour yourself <laughs> a pint of the cunt, you know. I'm just saying, like, if you cut yourself a little bit. And... <laughs> so I know what documentary you're probably talking about, Dan, and I think it is uh, Louis Theroux. It's like this fashion in LA. Where like there's these um, vampire like cult meetings, but it's jokes because genuinely it's like the episode of South Park where um, they're all drinking tomato juice and just listening to the Cure. <laughs> it is Lutheran. I'm sure it is. Yeah, it's definitely Lutheran. But like it, it's funny because like what they do is they'll literally like get a pin and like prick their partner. Yeah, it's very sexual as well. Like yeah, yeah, sort of. Yeah, they to like prick each other with pins and, Not and, and that, stuff. But... It's very weird. Yeah, it's very, very weird. And basically, like, that guy, like, pops a spot on that older guy's back. Like, oh, <laughs> don't. Oh, that is fucking Jesus. grim. Oh, that is awful. He doesn't. I'm going to go get another drink. I'll be, uh, I'll be back in a sec. That's totally fine. We'll have a couple more facts and we'll round it off for tonight. But it's been fun. Hey, yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah, this is a good time for me to do an ad break, actually, uh, while Paps is getting this. So, as you know, everybody, we're sponsored by The Beard Struggle. Thank you very much for supporting the stream. If you want to help us out and help them out, make sure to use code CRDNL at checkout. CRDNL15 at checkout. And uh, Printful, if you want to start a business like us, if you want merch for your band, if you want to start making jewellery, then use our affiliate link to cloak through and uh, set yourself up. I like saying that one. That's a new one for us. I like saying that one. I like getting people positive and starting their own businesses up. It's nice. Noise. Noise. <laughs> oh, that looks nice. We've got, a, we've, got, um, we've got a new sponsor, Dan, as well, that we're lined up. Of, um, oh, I can't yeah? Say the name yet. I can't say the name yet, but it's very much like Manscaped, if you've heard of it. Yeah, is it Manscaped? <laughs> 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 it's not quite manscaped, but when you see it drop, you're, you're gonna have a little laugh. <laughs> Men's. <laughs> it's the it's the it's the Audi own brand version. You feel? Manscaped. <laughs> <laughs> it's sort of about like trimming your food. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, if you were stuck on if you were stuck on a desert island, right? Yeah. And you had to eat an, any celebrity or famous person, right? So, like, you know, Desert Island Discs. If you could take one famous person to eat on a desert island, who would it be? <laughs> oh, well, I'd have to eat them. Do yeah. I eat them because I don't like them, or am I eating them because... 
That could be your choice. Right. That could be your reasoning behind it. Um, have like, uh, I'll I'll take one of the Poddington peas. I'll take like a, <laughs> I'll take a slice out of him every week. Uh, what? Slice out. I, I just week. asked. Um, I just asked like Desert Island Discs. If you were stuck on a desert island, you had to take like a famous person. Desert Island. island. What was, what uh, dick could you eat? <laughs> yeah. There's an island dicky. <laughs> dick. Right, okay. Yeah, yeah. So like, um, what person do you not like that you would take to a desert island and eat them? Famous person, you know. Would you want to eat someone you don't like? Well, you want to eat a, a hero? I don't know, because like you've got time there. You're on a desert island. Like, if it's a circumstance where you're hanging out with this person oh, yeah, beforehand, you can, you can chat to him beforehand. Yeah, you can, I mean, like, like, you can you'll do it. You do it bit so. by bit as well. So you like take the feet off, yeah. then like a little bit of the legs, then the arms, and then cut in and like slowly. So you still got someone to have a conversation with. If you're on a desert island. You don't want to be alone, <laughs> do you? So I, like I know he'd scared. probably be a bit pissed, but like. You're like, just, just Joe Rogan with no arms, no legs. <laughs> Still going on about elk meat. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever tried elk? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like bulk croppering fucking Stephen Fry's toes off. Like, yeah. <laughs> so, Stephen, tell me how it is presenting QI. <laughs> <laughs> stop, stop telling me all these fucking audible adverts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who I'd take. Um, pro- probably Joe Rogan. I do like Joe, and I, I like the fact that you could riff, you could riff with Joe on a desert island, couldn't you? Like, yeah, you know, he'd obviously, he'd probably tell you as well, like, oh, like, make sure you eat me up good, like, you need the protein. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, what else we got here? And end, end off the show. Do, 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 do. Let's have. Oh, you just got, you got really long list there now for you searching through. I've got such a long list. I'm just trying to find my favorite ones. Uh, most famous case of survival cannibalism is the infamous plane crash in 1972 in the Andes. A plane was carrying the rugby team of Uruguay. Perhaps you're going to know about this. I'm not. <laughs> do you not know about this? I, I've heard of it. Um, because he likes rugby or because he likes Uruguay? Yeah, he's a big no, I'm a big Uruguay fan, um, I think. Yeah. <laughs> the Uruguay nation's been left behind quite a lot. Uh, people don't realise that it's an up-and-coming up and coming country. They have a they have an amazing president. Yeah, they are the best exporters of guinea pigs in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Is that not Papua New Guinea? No, guinea pigs are definitely native to like, South America. Well, that's just confusing, but all right. <laughs> here we go. So what happened to these poor bastards? I'm, I'm getting there, mate. I've, uh, it's it's all here. Flight Origin. Old Christians Rugby Union Club from Montevideo. Uh, they were supposed to be playing a match against the Old Boys Club, an English rugby team in Santiago, Chile. Yeah. Uh, had 40 passengers. There's a lot of information here, to be honest. I didn't realise it was going to be this detailed. <laughs> here we are. Um, so, three passengers and two members were killed when it broke apart. How many people survived? Where are we? Oof. 
says here the dead meat of the fellow passengers helped them live for 72 days before they were oh, finally rescued. Here we go. Oh my god. That's a rare that's a rare story. That isn't it? is. Imagine imagine crashing, you survive, and then your only option is to eat people to live. But then but then also not to die, like like to oh, then yeah. survive and then go back back to society. That's pretty fucking wild, isn't it? Ah, all of the passengers were Roman Catholic and some feared eternal damnation. Wow. Straight in the confession booth when you get home. Yeah. Forgive me, Father, but I have eaten many, many limbs. Yeah, Yeah, you'll be safe in there. Oh, God. So, (laughs) one of the passengers, um, the wife of one of the people on there, was... uh, she had strong religious convictions and only reluctantly agreed to partake in the flesh after she was told to view it as a kind of holy communion. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> like a cold communion. Oh man! Well, they say like wine's the blood of Christ, right? Yeah, and yeah, that's yeah. it. And that's uh, like uh, the body of yeah. Christ. Yeah, them them little shitty wafers. Uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Start the table and also then Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty bad it's pretty bad yeah grim it's pretty bad so so I think we should wrap this up boys it's been fun though it has been fun <laughs> finishing on. yeah we're gonna finish I, I don't know I don't know about you guys but but I, I'm gonna be looking for my next, next cannibalistic meal I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna start eating people I'm not gonna take inspiration <laughs> from this I'm gonna learn and uh, no. realise that it's probably not a good thing to do <laughs> no I like vegetables <laughs> All joking aside, people that listen to the podcast, please don't eat your friends. Um, <laughs> please don't eat your enemies. Please don't eat anybody. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's been fun. It has Make been sure fun. you stay positive. Make sure you keep the message. Keep on. That's Much it. love, everybody. everybody. Stay posy. Take care, live, live fast. Enjoy yourself. <laughs>